Hey listeners, welcome to Reviving Her with Jackie Crawley. Here at Reviving Her, we pride ourselves with coming together as the body of Christ to receive encouragement from our Heavenly Father to reignite the holy fire within us to advance His kingdom on earth. Today on Reviving Her, we're talking about surrender and the moment we realized we needed God every moment of every day. The core verse we're standing on for this episode is Galatians 2.20. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So come with this, grab your journals, grab your Bible, and let's dig in. Hey ladies, welcome to the very first episode of Reviving Her Podcast. Woo! My co-host, I know! (laughs) My co-host Alyssa and I are very much blessed and excited to be able to begin our very first message series on surrender. I know that word can be tough for us sometimes, including for myself too. But before we dig in, Alyssa, can I just ask you a question? What comes to mind when you hear the word surrender or the word surrendering to God? (sighs) You know, I thought a lot about this before we started. And I think of the verse, uh, Psalm 4610, the Psalm, "Be, be still and know that I'm God. Yeah. And that word, be still there, is the word Rapha. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Jehovah Rapha, our healer, which he is, right? but it is to sink down, to relax. And if you think about a battlefield, because surrender, you think about a battlefield, right? Right. Right. And so when I think about a battlefield and somebody waving the white flag, they're, they're submitting themselves to authority. And so I think of us just laying down our weapons and our pride and our plans and just giving it over to the one Man, yeah, that is definitely powerful and wow, so right on time because um, that's exactly where God had directed me to um, while constructing this message. So I definitely want to share with you guys um, the journey that God took me on while constructing this message series. Um, God told me, He led me to watch numerous old war movie clips regarding surrender. All of them painted a picture of what surrendering could mean in this world. I saw a theme surrounding their decision to surrender. When the commander was tired of losing his men, he surrendered. When the damage of the land became too great, the commander surrendered. When the enemy surrounded them and there was nowhere to turn, they surrendered. Mm, That's good. Yeah, they drew up the white flag and allowed for the enemy to overpower them. They gave up and they gave in. The enemy was allowed to take them without a fuss or without a fight. The war was over. The chaos had ended and the killing had ceased. But if we're honest, how many of us have carried some of these definitions of surrendering in our hearts? How many of us ran to Christ because the war in our lives was too great to bear? 
How many of us ran to Christ because it's the way we grew up, but we didn't know what that all entailed? How many of us ran to Christ because we wanted the pain, the trial, the tribulation to cease? How many of us ran to Him because we saw that our way was not His way and we wanted Him to show us a way out? We wanted to give up. We wanted to let the enemy take us without a fuss, without a fight. As we surrendered, we gave up our control and became submissive to Him. He sought us out and we became alive again. We were able to see clear and have love, joy, peace, and harmony within ourselves until Mm -hmm. the war came back. The trial and tribulation fell in our laps and the enemy was trying to snatch back our identity within the Lord. You see, our surrender to Christ wasn't meant to cease the war in our lives completely. As we surrendered to Christ, we became a target to a very real enemy named Satan. (laughs) When we professed those sweet words of our salvation, Satan placed a bullseye target on us, and he became obsessed with destroying, killing, and stealing what was given to us all because of our surrender to our Lord Jesus Christ. As we professed our love to Jesus Christ, life got hard. We lost friends and family. We became ill. We lost our jobs and even our homes. Can you relate? Ah, yeah. Yeah, me too. The war of life did not get any easier. These trials and tribulations were not meant for us to turn away and to do life the way we did before, but it was supposed to direct us right back to Him so that He could show us that our faith in Him was bigger than what we were facing. In order for us to see the bigger plan of our lives, we have to allow ourselves to go back. We have to go back to the time we first fell in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to go back to the time where life was dark and His holy light saved us. We have to go back to the moment we realized we needed Him. My surrendering moment began when I was 17. During my junior year of high school, I became a victim of gang rape. I was at a party and became extremely intoxicated. Four boys took advantage of me and took turns raping me. I was able to have moments of lucidness where I tried to conjure up the words to say, stop, stop, please stop. But I was too weak and had no choice but to give in to their demands. Lying in the cold, dark room, not able to rescue myself, I was forced to close my eyes to think of a happy place until it stopped. As the boys ran downstairs and out the house, I was left there alone, trying to stumble to pick up my clothes. I was also trying to find my dignity, my strength, and love for myself, which was nowhere to be found. Mm. I got the strength to leave and to try to put it all behind me. But I soon would learn that the most devastating part of my life left me pregnant. I had no idea who the father was. Quite frankly, I was too embarrassed to even ask. I began to research all of my options. Within a week of learning I was pregnant, I had a miscarriage. I no longer had to decide what I was going to do. The decision was made for me. When I returned back to school, I was faced with people name-calling me, whore, slut, and so much more. 
My friends, whom I thought were my friends, told me that it was my fault that I got raped. I could not take it anymore. I conjured up a plan to commit suicide. I wrote a letter to say my goodbyes. I dated the moment in my mind, my heart, and my calendar. The day before I was planning to depart this world, my father told me he was moving across the country. He told me I could come if I wanted to. I saw an escape route, my first miracle from God. I did not know what my future would hold, but I saw a small reason to live and to not take my life. I was not prepared for my past to follow me. As I was settling in the new environment, my past began to taunt and haunt me. I wanted to be set free. I ran into the arms of alcohol and drugs to numb the pain and to silence the voices in my head. I wanted to take back the control that was stolen from me. I began to demand to have sex with whomever allowed me to. I wanted to call the shots. At the age of 18, I got pregnant again, a year after my rape. I wound up pregnant with a man whom I did not love, whom I did not know, or even cared for. I was broken, hurt, and lost. My parents made the decision to have me move out to find my own way with my daughter. I had no direction. The Lord spoke to the spirit of my daughter's paternal grandmother. He told her to take us in. She did not know who I was or what I looked like. All she knew was that I was a woman who was carrying the seed of her granddaughter and who needed a home. She welcomed me in. She took me to church. She loved me in a different way. Her son left the home. I was left there raising our daughter alone. I became angry, bitter, and frustrated. I wanted an out, but knowing I couldn't provide a way out for us. She took me to church. I began to see that the way out for me was not a physical out, but an internal out. I began to see that there was a way for me to shift my perspective. I understood that if my perspective shifted, then I could bear it all. The only way for me to intentionally transform was to surrender it all to the Lord and have Him guide me to the life He had for me. As soon as I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the enemy attacked me like no other. People from my past made it a point to remind me of who I was. They told me I could not change or live without alcohol and drugs, but God. I was met with a decision. I had to decide to believe in the new faith that was given to me. I had to decide to either listen to the lies of the enemy and to surrender to his attack, or to believe in the faith that was bigger than the attack coming my way. I decided to surrender to God and to fight the enemy with the faith God bestowed in me. I began to use the armor of God that he freely gave me to fight for my salvation and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. I fought and protected my spiritual transformation with our Heavenly Father. My surrender led to an even greater war. Sis, Alyssa, when was the moment you realized you needed all of God in your ever-present life? Oh, that's a big question. Yeah. I think for me, so my, 
my situation was a lot different. I was yeah. introduced to Jesus at a very young age, um, but in a very Sunday school way. Mm. You know, um, my nana took me to Sunday school, so Aww. Jesus loves you know Jesus loves me. This I know, yes. or the Bible tells me so. <laughs> you know, and I grew up knowing that. And at fourteen, um, I was active in a youth group and I said, okay, I'm going to give my life to Christ. I, you know, I was at a, a camp and, you know, then I got baptized. And yeah. So that was at 14, but I, I didn't know how to walk. Mm. I didn't yeah. know about the relationship portion. So I loved Jesus Yeah. and I just did my best to try to be good. Mm. And so instead, but, but the relationship is where you get that need. Yes. I think um, my husband Josiah, you know, we've talked about drinking water. Right. And I forget <laughs> to drink water all the time. He's really good about drinking water. I forget <laughs> to drink water consistently. And but what he's noticed and what he's absolutely right, the more water he drinks, the more water I drink, the right. more I want it. Oh, that's and good. I feel like it's the same way with God. I feel like the more I drink in that living water, the more I want it. Yeah. And so it's been gradual. What really happened um it was in my 30s so i was i was actually saved very young yeah. but just kind of i mean i went through some times where i was just floundering right. and and making horrible decisions because i was still just trying to do it on my own right. i was still trying to be good for god on my own and i failed miserably so often right. instead of allowing like the power like we all do right <laughs> instead of allowing the power of the holy spirit to guide me. So right. I, I didn't understand that. So after I met Josiah um, and his parents, I remember the day sitting at the kitchen. Um, I was asking her about something or what I should do or whatever. And she said, you're just going to have to pray about it mm. and ask God what you should do. Yeah. And I remember going, that's an option. <laughs> I pray. Wow. I pray all the time. And I ask right. God for things. That, but receiving guidance? Yeah. That's a thing? Right. <laughs> and and that was in my early 30s, you know. Wow. Um, I'm going to be 42 in January. And and so it was at that point that that relationship started to evolve and that yeah. there was a huge growth spurt as I started to not just pray to the Lord and read the Word, which are perfect things right. to do, but allowing, I mean, God gave us the Holy Spirit for a reason. Amen. And allowing him to do work in my life, allowing him to change me from the inside out. And of course, that's a process that's ongoing. Right. But so that's what I would say. I'd say that was a big moment for me, but the process is ongoing. Yeah. I still, the more I take in, the more I want. That's so good. Like that living water, like that example you said earlier. Wow, that is so good. I love how your surrender story led to a relationship. You know, when you surrendered and realized that it was more than just being an obedient daughter, but that you get to do life with Him. And you were able to do life with a holy God that was beyond just the words that you read in the Holy Bible. So, And what's interesting awesome. is that leads to the obedience. Yes. You know, what I was trying to white knuckle and do on my own. Right. Surrendering and giving up. Yeah. I, you know, when we were on the way over here, I was thinking about it, and I thought about a child. Um, and you can you can go with toddler who doesn't want to take a nap, right? You can go with toddler who doesn't want to take a nap, or you can go with teenager who doesn't want a curfew. Hey, it doesn't really matter, right? Uh, either way, either way, <laughs> I have all of them, so you know. Um, but 
we fight against sometimes the very thing that we need. Yeah. And we fight against anybody trying to control us or Mm -hmm. tell us what's right. But, you know, a parent knows what's right for their child. And even more than that, God knows what's right for us. Yeah. And if we'll give up that control that we think we, you know, need, Mm -hmm. if we'll give that control up to him and let him be in control, then... It's mind-blowing. He's our refuge. Yes. That's when he's our refuge and our stronghold. And we're not out there on the battlefield yeah. by ourselves right. trying to get it done. Yeah. yeah. Waving that white flag. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, that is that is so good. I love that. And I really appreciate you sharing. And so to our ladies who are, who are listening, um, I wanted you guys to see how very different both of our surrendering stories yeah, right. Um it was or is, um, but the way we came to know the one is unique to us. It was unique and designed for our walk. It was the way that God knew how to um, capture our attention and to pursue us and the way that he knew that we would be able to listen and to let go and let him. Um, but there is no better story between you and I. Like, you know, there is no difference between our stories. Uh, But the reality is, is that we are two different women who answered the same call from our Heavenly Father. And that was the call to surrender and give ourselves to Him. Our surrender to Him allowed Him to show us that our faith in Him is so much bigger than the cares and the worries of this world. Our surrender led us to our inheritance in Him. The world views surrender as giving up, letting go, and giving in. But God sees our surrender as giving up our control, free will, our desires of the flesh, and our direction for our life to exchange it for the cross. We begin to give up our old ways and habits and exchange it for His ways and His habits for us. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. reading the Word and you know having our devotional time and just listening to worship music, right? Like new habits that yes. we didn't have before. We give up our old hurts and our traumatic childhood memories for His everlasting healing. We give up our old traditions in exchange for His holy traditions. Do you guys all see the pattern? As we give up ourselves, He pours down onto us. The more we give up, we need to get in a posture of receiving Him. Our surrender in Christ does not leave us empty-handed like the war stories of the world. It leaves us whole, holy, righteous, and freed in Him. It does not make us weak or inferior, but it makes us strong. It actually makes us strong to say, hey, I can't do life this way. I need you, Abba. Come, save me. Sister, don't let the enemy steal your surrendering moment with Christ. Do not let him hijack your love story with our Abba. Take back your inheritance. Take back your armor in Christ and fight for your blessings to rain down from heaven over your ever-present life. There is healing with your name on it. There is freedom with your name on it. There are spiritual gifts with your name on it. There is joy, peace, love, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, goodness, and self-control with your name on it. There is a family with your name on it. There is a community of godly people with your name on it. There is a ministry with your name on it. There is a book that needs to be written by you with 
with your name on it. There is a career with your name on it. There are children who need to be raised by you with your name on it. Run to him, surrender it all to him and live out your God-given purpose. Do you have anything last words. Oh, you know, as you were talking, you said something about our posture. Yeah. And I think that's so like what the posture that we have towards him. And I think that's so good because as I, once again, I was thinking about all this on the way over here. I had a good drive and I thought about what does the posture of surrender look like? Mm. And it's the, it's the arms wide open, arms wide open, arms wide open. Just, you know, that posture of surrender to our Lord looks like you said, Abba father. Yeah. And one of the most powerful things I've seen, it like brought me to tears. I was at a prayer, um, like meeting one time Yeah. and the deacon that ended Mm. was uh, a large, uh, you know, a large African-American man. and, And he stood there and I, as I waited for him to say something, he turned around, he turned with his back to, to the people who were sitting yeah. and he looked up and he screamed with yeah. his deep voice. He just screamed, daddy, daddy. And he said it over and over. We were in a tent. It was outside, wow. you know, everything's different during COVID, right? Right. So <laughs> we're outside in a tent. And, um, <laughs> And he just screamed daddy over and over. And then he finally just said, we need you. And I thought that's the picture that I like. It's tears just streamed down my face. And that's that picture that I have of just like arms wide open. Daddy, Abba, like you said, Abba, father, daddy, we need you. Mm. We can't do it without you. Wow. That. That is like a beautiful picture. Isn't it pretty? No, it is. (laughs) And I love that story. Like I could hear, I can like, I I love when you share it over and over again, because it's such a, a powerful image that you were able to see like what we do spiritually to the father, you know, and how that man just like professed his love and not caring where he was and who was watching, but just like, God, I need you. And we have all had those moments where we've screamed at the pit of our stomachs and saying, God, we need you. So that is awesome. Thank you so much for for that. And um, we really pray that today's episode has brought, you know, some dose of encouragement and love to everyone out there. Um, But before we leave, we definitely would want to, we want to pray so I'm going to go ahead and pray us, pray us out. Um, Father, we pray over every open heart that listened to your words today. We pray that the Holy Spirit was able to minister and love on all of the parts that needed to be touched by you. Father, we pray Galatians 2.20 over all your women. May every woman who has professed to have known you be crucified with you by your son, Jesus Christ. May they be reminded that it is they who no longer live, but Jesus Christ in which who lives through them. May they be reminded that the life which they live in the flesh is now lived by faith in the Son of God, whom loves them and who has given himself up for them. May they surrender all of the parts that need surrendering. May they begin to exchange those deep things with your ever-present love. We pray this in faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.